Well, the, the thing that comes to mind, James, is that, um, and I know this was the case for me, is that oftentimes when you're struggling is that we feel that we're all alone. We feel that we're isolated. That's how I felt, you know, 2020 and other times is it's just I'm isolated. I'm all alone. And and even if you have family around, even if you have friends, you, you feel that it's all you. And and just to know that, you know, first off, God is always there. But but even if they, you know, even if if they're you know not a very spiritual person and, and that's, you know, not for them, just to know that there are millions, billions of other people that are going through things just like them. You know, just because what you see on the outside or on social media, we are all have our own struggles on the inside. We all have the, the things that we're dealing with and the challenges and adversities that we have to overcome. And there's comfort in knowing that you're not the only one going through those things. And once you realize that, then it opens you up to sharing with others and to to opening your heart to others. And, and that's really where the, the healing starts coming in and the connection starts coming in. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, 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 come on again, again today. Just get some motivation, inspiration. Let's get some encouragement. Because we know when something's going to beat us up, you know, we get through it, move on, have a great life, despite whatever happened. All right. Hey, our guest today, man, it's going to be awesome. I don't know if this is my first, this is not my first one, because I've had a repeatedly dead uh, Fred on here before. But this incredible story of a near-death experience leading to a spiritual awakening that's what i like to hear now and then creating a global movement to spread positive message now we're talking we're going to persevere get through this near-death experience spread some and rick ornellis thank you for the show brother hey dr james it's a pleasure to be on your show thank you very much for having me uh you're welcome and thank you for uh spending your valuable time with us and don't get overwhelmed with the doctor. I can't write out a prescription for you or anything, but <laughs> I can drive you to your pharmacies if you really need me to. <laughs> okay, that's funny. All right, we'll stick to James then. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Or professor. Hey, Rick, you the professor? Uh, James is great with me. So, um, <laughs> okay. All right, now, Rick, let's uh, get, let's dive in here real quick. Um, near-death experience. I haven't gotten that close where I felt near-death, but I have had five other people th- come up to me and said, man, I thought you died 10 years ago <laughs> or five years ago because I had my neck broke playing football and you know how people spread words. He died during it or he died after it. Yeah. I've had other people go, man, I thought you were dead. <laughs> so, but, but, I, but I've never personally the near death of thing. So, well, I say that I did attempt suicide three times in three days. Uh, wow. And one time, I guess I was close to near death, I guess, the people family said I wasn't breathing and got me to the hospital. I spent seven weeks in the hospital, but I don't remember all that. So, all right. Yeah. That's enough. It's interesting. Cause I, I, I mean, as you say that, and you know, that that's, I, I can empathize for what you went through there. Um, it, it's, uh, I, I don't know what the, what the Webster's definition of near death experience is. Right. But, 
I, I just know what what happened to me and what others have told me about what happened, you know, with me and, and my family. And as the story goes, is it was uh, about 21 years ago. We were we were living in Southern California, where I'm, you know, I'm originally from. My wife is from, and uh, my wife and I were we had were young. We had starting to raise a, a young family. We had two daughters at the time. We now have three and they're all fully grown, but, but we had, you know, we had daughter was, um, you know, they were, they were one and four, my oldest daughters. And, and we had driven down uh, to a, a um, children's birthday party that was a couple hours South of where we lived in Los Angeles. And we were coming back on a Sunday afternoon. It was late afternoon and we we're driving back home and, and it, the weather changes and it starts to rain really hard to where you can't, the wipers can't really clear the water. You know, mm -hmm. you can't see too, too well. And a lot of cars had pulled over and we, we kind of contemplate pulling over, but it, it's, it's going to be dark soon. And my wife is worried that it's, it's going to be worse if we, if we, you know, mm -hmm. um, are driving mm -hmm. in the dark and it's, you know, we can't see like that. Right. And it was, it was, like I said, it was late Sunday. We had to get the kids home. We had to get in bed. We had to you know, work and school the, the next day. So we decided to continue on slowly. Well, I'm driving in the in the first lane, in the slow lane, and um, all of a sudden I hit a large puddle, and we start hydroplaning and we start spinning out of control, and we spin across four lanes to the left. Oh wow! And, and we're about to hit the center divider, and I'm screaming and my wife is screaming and I'm trying to steer and, and don't really know what I'm doing, but for whatever reason we're just inches away from hitting the center divider and we don't, and we start spinning the other direction. And then we spin across all across the four lanes, the other way, mm -hmm. five lanes. And we, we go off the shoulder and we hit a, um, we go up a dirt embankment and we hit a brick wall and we flip over and we land back on the wheels completely. And the uh, the windshield is is smashed down to about eye level, or the roof is smashed down to eye level. The windshield's shattered, and the right side glass is all shattered, and the car is filled with glass and dirt. And and um, and I check my wife, and and she's okay. She said her shoulder's a little sore from you know, we hit the wall on that side. And my kids are now crying, and but they seem fine. And there's no blood, you know, there's glass everywhere, but there's no blood or anything. Mm -hmm. And so we managed to crawl out of of my door. And we get them out and it's still pouring rain and we're sitting on the side of the road there. And this elderly couple had pulled over and the lady grabs this big blanket and wraps it around my wife. Um, who's holding my two daughters as tight as she can and crying and thanking God. And, and I'm talking to the gentleman and he tells me that it's the most incredible thing that he had ever witnessed and he says that he thought for sure we were killed by what he had just seen. Right. Oh yeah. And I, I don't, you know, we, we get taken off in an ambulance and they tow the car off and, and they, they check the kids and they, the ER doc, he, he, he doesn't even want to really run tests or anything. He says, Oh, they're fine. They're, they're, you know, they're resilient. They're, they're kids. They're, they're all, all fine. And I was like, you didn't know what we just went through, but he's like, for no, sure. they're, they're good. Well, it wasn't until the next day. So then I was thinking, was it really that bad, right? And then the next day, my father-in-law drives me down to the impound yard to get the rest of our things out of the out of the vehicle because you know it was 
obviously totaled and we had stuff in the trunk and my daughter's you know, toys and all that. And we, we get there and the, the, my black Grand Prix is sitting on a flatbed tow truck out front of the office. And I go inside and I talk to the attendant and I say, hey, I'm here to get my things from my car outside. And he says, which one is your car? And I said, it's the Black Grand Prix. And he looks me square in the eye and he said, that's not your car. And I said, yeah, that's my car. That's I, I know it. That's my car. That's, you know, we were in the accident yesterday. And he said, no, whoever was driving that is dead or or at least, you know, in the hospital, severely injured. Mm-hmm. And I don't think much. Uh, and then I start thinking and you know, I literally had to convince him that I was my car. And he tells me, he says, wow, you're, you're just so lucky. Cause I can always tell what happened to the driver by the look of the vehicle. And I've yeah. had many other people tell me the same thing. Um, in fact, I was doing a podcast interview like this with someone who was a former traffic investigator. And he was like, yep, that's exactly what I would have told you. And, and so it was, it was that period of reflection where, where, you know, I realized, Hey, something special happened. And, and, you know, people had told us, you know, you, you all should have been killed and, and guardian angel protected you. And, and, and that's, you know, that's what my near death experience was because, yeah. because I, I really believe James that, that myself and, and my family, we all could have been killed that day or severely injured. And, you know, and we weren't. Well, yeah, no doubt that uh, when you flip a vehicle and all that weight is transferred, and like you said, the um, roof is down to eye level and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's an opportunity for a disaster to happen quickly. Yeah, and uh, listening to your story definitely had somebody wrapped around you and the family to to protect you. I be- I believe in that stuff. I believe. Um, I can't ex- I can't explain why. Some people live through it. Some people don't. I have no idea. I, I'm hesitant to say when people say, well, it was their time to go. Well, I mean, I don't know that. that God's got the plan, not me. I mean, but I hesitate to say, but when someone lives through something like you've been through and others, I got to believe that somewhere you're protected. Yeah, yeah, me too. And and honestly, James, it didn't take me, I didn't really, it took me a while to to realize that. Because I was young and, and I was cocky and, you know, mm-hmm. very over, overconfident and felt oh, like, you were like I could just. You were like me at that age. I uh, thought I was invincible. invincible. Nothing's going exactly. to ha- happen to me. Nothing's going to stop me. Here I am. Yeah. Got to protect my family. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I did plenty of stupid things back then. And, and like I said, it took others. It took my mom and many others saying, look, you something really special happened. And, and, um, and that's where I started to really reflect on it over a period of a couple months where I'd find myself just sitting. Cause I had to drive for work. I was in sales and I had a territory. And so I had to drive for work and I would find myself sitting in my car and just for long stretches, I'd start daydreaming and kind of lose time and be looking at this guardian angel pin that my mom had given me and, and just reflecting on the whole experience. And, and it was, a. Uh, it um, it really changed me in many ways um, that yeah. I didn't realize, you know, at the time. So with this invincibility attitude and uh, things like that, um, cockiness and everything, you know, you, you look and think you're getting in life is because what you want and what you put out, not thinking about what God's plan may be. I mean, that was me at that time as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah, very, very true, because. 
because I, I was, and I remember, so I have, have, well, had four, four older sisters. I have three, one passed away, but, um, but I remember my sister Liz telling me one time, you know, not, not long after that accident saying, um, you know, we were in some argument, we were in some fight and, um, and I was just not thinking of anyone else. And she's like, you don't think of anyone else. You just think of yourself. And and here I was, you know, a father and everything. And she was like, you're, you're just being so selfish and everything. And I remember thinking back, you know, how upset I was for her saying that and realizing that she was absolutely right, that I was being selfish, that I was, you know, trying to just make my own plan and, and not, you know, not follow God's plan. And yeah, I, I believe that sometimes we go through, our incidents. Uh, one is God's wanting to show you, hey, I'm here for you, and there's a stronger thing than you. Okay. And, but it's to also to show us how strong we are in life and how we can handle situations and then how we can overcome those to help other people in the future. And, you know, that's one thing you say you want to do is spread the positive around global range. Yeah. And, and that's where, that's where I, it, it took me a while to figure that out too, because James, because the, um, you know, you, you, you don't really see that path back when you're living through it, when you're going through those struggles, like you were saying, you're, you're just in the, you know, in the muck of it and you're like, okay, this is just awful or this is terrible. And you don't see that there's bigger things or better things that are going to come from it. And, and for me, that, that journey it took 20 full years. It took 20 years of, of reflection. And, and I, I figured God wasn't ready with me yet. So he was still, he was still developing me. And I I like to say he was chiseling away, you know, just chiseling Mm -hmm. one little chisel Mm -hmm. strike at a time. What was the Bible talking about? uh, Pruning? Yes. Yes. The pruning. Yes. I I remember what that, what passage is, but yes, he's pruning me and pruning me and pruning me and pruning me. And then 20 years later, fast forward to 2020, that's when it all crystallized for me. That's when I was going through a period of struggle because I had, my business had suffered because of COVID and I was anxious Mm -hmm. and, and, and fearful of the future. And, and that's when I decided to write the book that had been inspired by my accident, my book, 12 hours of heaven. Um, I decided to write that and the idea for that book came during one of those times where I was sitting there staring at that guardian angel pin that I had talked about. Yeah. yeah that's where the idea hit me like a movie. And, and I thought it was special, but I, I wrote about a page and I didn't do anything with it for 20 years. And then in 2020, I said, Hey, I, I, people are suffering. People need inspiration. They need motivation. Now's the time to, to help others and stop focusing on yourself and being a victim. Well, during and, and this COVID is especially during the COVID, especially People are looking for hope. Yes. Yeah. And it's so true. And and I think that really helped me write because I, I, it's funny because in my, in my, um, my intro, I, I call it, that was all my writing fuel. That was my writing fuel. Like everything that was going on in 2020 COVID and other things that were happening in the world that motivated me to write. And I, I that's when I entered that spiritual time where I felt so connected um, to, you know, to God and, and the Holy Spirit and, and my writing, I went from writing 500 words in a day to writing over 2000 in a couple hours. And, and I was able to get that book finished in under three months. 
Oh, and oh, get it out and yes. get it out in five months because I felt people needed some inspiration and some hope. And I wanted yes. to do my part. And I felt I was being called to do my part. Hey, now it's amazing. Step back a little bit. It's amazing. And we were talking about, you know, um, you didn't realize how bad the accident was because y'all came out unhurt, basically no bleeding, nothing like that. Uh, but when you go back and look at the vehicle, you're thinking, man, somebody should have been dead in that thing. You know, when you look at it, um, mm -hmm. from there, like, yeah, I was in a bad automobile accident and we flipped over and I actually, my brother got 50% of his body burnt. I pulled him out of the fire, put the fire out on him, put another guy out and went back in with a third guy. He'd already gotten out, uh, but nobody died. But wow. looking at the vehicle, there should have been at least one person dead in there uh, from there. So yeah, we, yeah. we went through a similar with that, but we, again, we didn't think any more about it than we live our life, you know, from there, but it took a lot of pruning for us to grow and mature enough to realize that uh, miracles are there. Protection was definitely there for all of us. And yeah, to go from there. So uh, we just got to, we got to, we got to realize better in life that little miracles take place. And these little miracles are, are huge if we uh, realize it in time. Yeah. And I think that's a great point, James, because I know for me, and I'm sure there's many people listening um, or watching that that don't realize that is that there's a potential for a little miracle every day, and and, and every and and you don't realize it until you look back, mm -hmm. and and oftentimes it, it's that one thing that you do that that kind word that you say to someone or that that action that you do or that you know that positive impact you have on someone, you may not know the effect that it has on their day, but as I've been on this path for the past couple of years, I've spoken to hundreds of people from all over the world that have talked about what we now have coined spark moments. These moments that have a ripple effect that it's one tiny little act. And then you realize that that changes the trajectory of someone's life or, or it alters the, you know, the course or, or puts them on a better path or, mm -hmm. um, and those happen every day. Those are little miracles that happen every day. And they turn into be big miracles, but yet at the time you don't realize, you know, that they're, they're yeah. Miracles. Well, you know, a lot of a lot of us, um, we just think, oh, it's a coincidence, or hey, look what just happened. Boy, I'm lucky. And when in reality, it was a miracle. And I got a friend, Bird. Hey, Bird, I'm talking to you again, buddy. That uh, him and his dad have said that uh, there's no such thing as coincidence. That's God being anonymous, and, <laughs> and that's what that's what they've said. And so we're realizing that as well. But yeah, uh, how often, especially me growing up when I was younger, man, that was lucky. <laughs> so it's not, yeah, me too. It's not, I mean, it's not the luck. It was meant to be there. And we have to recognize that and use it for the good. And an example here is a friend of mine, and he was a drug drugger. Um, but man, we, we grew up and knew each other. But one day he told me he found a $20 bill. And he says, man, God has blessed me. I said, well, neither God has blessed you or the devil's tempting you. What do you think? And he says, what do you mean? He said, well, are you going to use it to buy shoes and uh, food and maybe go spend a little bit on a homeless person to buy them something maybe? I said, or are you going to take and do drugs? And uh, he says, oh, well, he went on and did drugs with it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so I said, you know, I said, what little miracles we look at, we've got to look at them in, in a way, is that a miracle that God's blessing us or is that Satan tempting us to go the direction? So we got we got to focus on that as well, and it's yeah. how we view it. 
Yeah, absolutely, James. That that's an awesome perspective because so often in life, our perspective is what makes the difference. And mm-hmm. and you know, for for you or I, these times where you know the accidents we were in, we could both look at that and say, "Oh, that was terrible. That was a tragedy." Or we can look at it and say, "What good came from that? What did that inspire?" You know, people didn't die and and um, and and look at the impact that it had on us long term. And there's opportunity for that every day. It's just a matter of the perspective uh, that you have around it. One of my next book I'm wanting to write, I haven't gotten totally all into it yet. Um, but one of my uh, I'm coining my one phrase here. I know some of y'all are tired of hearing it, but you're going to hear it again today. But uh, I tell people that uh, sometimes we have to walk through the fertilizer to be to smell the rose. And and so that uh, I think it's going to make a title of one of my books one day and how we go through uh, fertilizer to be able to at the end smell the rose. Yeah, I love it. I, I like that. I, I'm, I'll I'll push that phrase for you because because I, I do love it. You know, it's I mean, I say that like our our struggles become our strengths and our, mm-hmm. our obstacles become our opportunities. And, mm-hmm. you know, from um, from uh, from the you know, the challenges you can get get courage and confidence and and. And uh, yours is a more creative way of, of saying all that. Well, it, but and it goes back to like you're just saying, it's our perspective. All right, me with my injury, spinal cord injury. Everybody's having a spinal cord injury every, every day, every year. Okay, and so we could sit and do one of two things: pour pitiful me and have someone water me like a plant and feed me, and I get to change. The, I get to watch the TV that the person is in the room with me because they're controlling the remote and watch their shows, not mine. Or the perspective is what good can come out of this and do the best I can in life. You know, same thing with you. You could have been going, oh, man, I just beat the devil from this thing and then go and do other stupid stuff to try to beat the devil more. Or you finally realize, like I said, it took you 20 years to act on it. But again, it was God pruning you all them years, uh, planting the seeds all these years and Mm -hmm. then finally realizing I got something good come out of this. Now I need to share it to help other people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and we're all on different, um, I guess, timelines, different paths. And, and, you know, one person it's going to take three months and one person it's going to take three years and one person 30 years. And it's just, you know, the pruning, the the growth and the pruning just takes different time cycles. And, And here's the great thing about it is you're setting your seeds to sow as you're pruning by someone reading your book you may never know who you've helped in life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That you've said all this and it may be 20 years and they remember something from a book that goes back and finally hits them and starts doing what they're supposed to do. Okay. And then yeah. you're going to know somebody immediately. Somebody's going to find you one day. They're going to say, man, your book was so awesome. I'm letting you know it changed my life. But there's a lot of people we, we'll never know. And, but that's not for us to know. You know, people say, if I can help one person, okay, you probably have way more than one. You just don't know it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And when I started down this path, you know, a couple of years ago, one of my mentors, he, I was, I started kind of struggling at the beginning because when I had the idea for iSpark Change and decided to work on everything, I shared it with some 
close family and, and some close friends and everything. And some of them were just kind of like, eh, they, they weren't really as excited as I was. Right. They didn't share my passion. And it kind of hurt, you know, because I was mm-hmm. like, wow, they should really be happy on what I want to what I'm looking to accomplish. And he, he told me, he said, you know what? You're not creating it for the people that aren't going to be impacted. You're creating it for the people that will be impacted. And that you may not know the impact and then who knows how long it's going to take all that stuff. Just exactly what you were saying. Right. And, and that even, even if it's just one person, then it'll, it's all worth it. And and that's the approach I've gone into it for the past couple of years is saying, Hey, I'm going to work on this till the day I die. And I told God, I said, you know, if it, if I have to do it solo, I'll do it solo. If I have help, that's great. And I told him, Hey, it'd be nicer to have help. Right. That's right. The community. And then, and then I also told him, um, which is great, you know, like to be on, you know, to shows like yours, but, but then I also said, I, you know, cause sometimes, you know, we, we, we pray and we, we ask God for, for things. And I said, Hey, if every now and again, you can at least give me a little sign that I'm, you know, making an impact that, that it, I am doing things, uh, you know, that you want me to do. I am following the path that you've set before me. And and I, I have to say with the resounding, you know, yes and warmth in my heart that um, that he's done that. He's given me those signs along the way in the past in the past couple of years. And and they, they come just, you know, never know that they'll come or I'll get a message like you said, or someone will tell me this or you know something happens. And and the beautiful thing is the more I have that perspective of everything as an opportunity for growth, everything I can learn from the more I see the signs because then I start seeing them all over the place. Right. Oh yeah. And, oh yes. Yeah. And that's a beautiful place. I tell you, it's, it's amazing that uh, we, we are so confident in everything we do, but yet we're so selfish and unconfident, uh, unsure of life because we need this little affirmation, you know, God being shown me that I really am helping someone. And instead of going with God's plan, you are helping someone, mm-hmm. you know, and I give you a great, uh, uh, I say great. It's just an example of um, what happened is um, twice, twice, about a year apart. I, I just felt like my speaking opportunity wasn't working like I wanted it to. And then twice I go, I'm just done with speaking. Just I haven't really seen much coming from it and it's not working like I want it. So I quit with twice again, a year apart. I go to the store to walk my canine companion, Ricardo. We go to his favorite establishment. And this girl comes up the first year and she says, oh, there's Ricardo. I said, oh, you met him before? I said, he meets so many people. I I don't remember. She says, oh, no, I never met him, but he's on the front cover of your book, right? I said, yeah. And I said, oh, you read my book? And she said, yeah. And I said, if you don't mind, could you tell me how you got the book? Did someone refer to you? Were you searching motivational? Did you find a lane in a trash can or in a gutter? You know, and and so now, before I tell you how she found it, a year later, I'm going through this poor pitiful me again. My speaking is not doing anything. And so I'm done with it. Forget it. I sit same store, walking my dog, Ricardo, and someone catches me and says, I've read your book four times. I'm letting you know it's going to help me. Well, when he said four times, first thing in my head, I'm going, bull crap, you ain't read it no four times. I didn't say it to him, but I'm thinking it. And so uh, then same question, how'd you get it? You know, find laying around, whatever. Now, here's where both of them is where God would kick me in the butt and say, no, you need to listen. Things are working. It's going according to plan. Both of them told me, again, a year apart, They had both answers were, I was incarcerated in the county jail 
and your book is in the library, County Jail Library, mm-hmm. and I read it. So when you get those small affirmations like you were saying, then we know that we're helping. When we ought to be trusting, we're helping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and those, you know, like you said, you don't necessarily know the impact on those two individuals, but it's it uh, is probably far beyond what we can measure. I mean, you know, only only God, only God can measure. Um, and and it is, you know, I, I think God will sometimes if we're not listening, he'll turn up the volume a little bit or he'll <laughs> he'll tell oh, us yes. in a new way, in a different way, send a different messenger. Right. Like that's right. That's people. right. Yeah. And, and that's what it takes for some of us sometimes. Well, definitely me, because I, I, I hate to say it. I'm still hard, hard headed in my older age and uh, I, I still need that little kick in the pants to remind me. It's a shame I'm like that, but um, I'm human and do the best I can and and go from there. But yeah, if, if sometimes we have to get a, a different messenger or a different way to uh, to get excited and go again. Yep. This is one reason I started my podcast is I was thinking, I mean, I'm pushing my message out the best I can. Let's get out here. Let's get other people's messages out there so we can help more people. I mean, people will get tired of hearing me talk. Let's get other people's messages out there. And your message, my like everybody else, I, you fire me up for the day. I mean, hearing your story, I'm ready to go get started. I'm ready to go get this antibiotic done again today and uh, get all fired up and go to the next thing in life. So I appreciate you coming on uh, here, Rick, and, and sharing with us. And from there, man, you're amazing. Your family, uh, obviously, I mean, no doubt in my mind what you tell me we're flipping over. Because first thing I'm thinking, boy, there's going to be some serious injuries in there. And for yeah. that not to happen, it's a miracle. And and go from there and, and don't take a guess at it. So we appreciate you being on here. And Rick, go ahead and uh, give us um, your websites and other social media, how people can find you. Uh, I know you do a podcast you mentioned earlier, but go and tell that out. Yeah, sure, uh, James. And thank you for asking. And it, first off, it's been a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed our conversation. But as far as where people can find us, it's just the letter I spark change on all platforms. We have a very active Instagram. They can see motivation and, and inspiration on a daily basis. Also, Facebook or we have a YouTube channel. Um, and then our podcast is the I Spark Change podcast, where we feature uh, people that are making a difference in the world and we share their stories and help amplify their their message of, um, of spreading positive change and, and social impact. And um, we if they go to our website, which is isparkchange.com, they can join the community. That's just committing to, uh, to spreading positive change and making the world better. And we don't spam you don't get anything you get a newsletter once a month uh, that highlights some of these these people that are doing great work and and shares more about what we're doing and uh, we're, we're growing our community because our eventual goal is to have the world's first social media platform that impacts um, where you're connecting and impacting all these people that are doing good in the world and to have a billion people on that in that community within the next five years so hey man brother there you go so i'll <laughs> yeah. definitely get in here and sign up and join as well to be part of that billion so yeah, thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> then other people, uh, you know, you can only share your message with your writing and uh, then maybe Rick will reach out and get on his show. So Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Rick, again, thank you for being here. Hey, we know there's people hurting and struggling today and uh, they need some piece of gold nugget positivity to get them through today. And if you can share one with us, that'd be a blessing. 
Well, the, the thing that comes to mind, James, is that, um, and I know this was the case for me, is that oftentimes when you're struggling is that we feel that we're all alone. We feel that we're isolated. That's how I felt, you know, 2020 and other times is it's just I'm isolated. I'm all alone. And and even if you have family around, even if you have friends, you, you feel that it's all you. And and just to know that, you know, first off, God is always there. But but even if they, you know, even if if they're you know not a very spiritual person and, and that's, you know, not for them, just to know that there are millions, billions of other people that are going through things just like them. You know, just because what you see on the outside or on social media, we are all have our own struggles on the inside. We all have the, the things that we're dealing with and the challenges and adversities that we have to overcome. And there's comfort in knowing that you're not the only one going through those things. And once you realize that, then it opens you up to sharing with others and to to opening your heart to others. And, and that's really where the, the healing starts coming in and the connection starts coming in. Amen, brother. Yeah, once we realize that we're not on that boat by ourselves, like I said, there's multiple other people. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame we can be in a room of a thousand and still be lonely and mm-hmm. sing, uh, singled out and then not understand. But once we realize there's other people who's been through it, contact them, get some advice how to get through it, get through uh, Facebook everywhere, you know, has all these groups. Find a mentor, coach, and someone that you can open up with. And then you take everything you learn, how about the next person ahead of you? So yeah. pay it forward. Yeah. Rick, Amen. <laughs> thank you for being here, brother. Appreciate everything. And I'm glad that our paths got to cross and I'm excited about it. Again, you got me all fired up to get going next. And so, <laughs> Hey, everybody else, say, uh, be sure to share us out. Someone needs a big positive message to see that, um, when tragedy comes, man, a good thing can come out of it. All right, everybody else do something today, tomorrow, something next week. Just going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at professorofperseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.